0: Today, in our Gospel passage, Jesus has a serious disagreement with the Pharisees and the scribes about what Mark calls the tradition of the elders. For the most part here, Jesus is not talking about the 613 precepts in the Torah that all Jews were expected to keep. He's talking about this accumulation of other traditions that the Jews had added to those precepts over the centuries. The Pharisees complain that Jesus' disciples are not washing their hands. Let's be clear. Their hands were clean. They were not dirty. It's that they were not doing this ritual cleansing. And that cleansing was something that had been added. It wasn't that they were considered ritually unclean by the Torah either. Jesus' response to the Pharisees is a challenge to all of us because it is easier to get all the details of the ritual right than to constantly live in right relationship with God. Let us ask God for mercy as we try to become more Christ-like. Lord Jesus, you have shown us the way to the Father. Lord, have mercy. mercy. Christ Jesus, you are our spiritual daily bread. Christ, Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you will continue to nourish and guide us at every moment of our lives. Lord have, Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Whenever we talk about the great religions of the world, usually sooner or later we come to two concepts that we need to talk about orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Orthodoxy is the importance of the right belief, believing what is important orthopraxis is the importance of doing the right actions. It is often said that Christianity emphasizes orthodoxy, while Judaism and Islam emphasize orthopraxis. And at first glance, that seems to make sense, because to be a Christian, you must believe that Jesus is the Christ. Orthodoxy, right belief. When most of us think of Judaism, we think of keeping kosher, laws around circumcision, and the traditions of the High Holy Days. And if we Western Christians know anything at all about the spirituality of Islam, we think of praying five times a day, fasting in the month of Ramadan, making the Hajj to Mecca once in the lifetime. But the more I think about this idea, Christianity is more about orthodoxy and Judaism and Islam or about orthopraxy, I think that's a very Christian centric way of looking at things. Because as a practicing Catholic, I know in here what I believe and how central it is. But somebody outside of the church would probably look and define what Catholics do by our orthopraxis going to Mass, going to confession, receiving the Eucharist, fasting, and abstinence. And if you talk with a practicing Jew or a practicing Muslim, they are most likely to define their faith by what they believe, not by what they do. Now, I'm not as familiar with Eastern religions. I think you understand Wikipedia only can get you so far. I told them that you would laugh at that joke. They did not laugh this morning, but I knew you would get that joke. But when it comes to the three great monotheistic religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, Both orthopraxis and orthodoxy are essential to the faith. James brings that out in his letter today, and we'll hear it even more clearly in two weeks. Faith without works is dead. Jesus condemns the Pharisees for being hypocrites, for emphasizing the right action, but not holding to the right belief. But he is not saying that right belief is more important than right action. Both are absolutely necessary. Jesus, at the same time, in this same passage, is simultaneously condemning another sin of the Pharisees, insisting that human-made traditions, things that have accumulated, are essential parts of the faith. The Pharisees were claiming that these traditions were part of the necessary orthopraxis. Well, that's easy to say, but when it comes to us, it can be difficult to separate out the essentials of orthopraxis from local variations. I remember the first time I went to Mass as an undergraduate at the University of Rochester. It was so different from what I had experienced in my suburban parish in Pittsburgh. There were no pews and no kneelers and unlike here, it was set up monastically so that half of the chairs faced the other half and the altar was on one end of the room and the pulpit was on the other end. I didn't know a single piece of the music and that got really scary when I volunteered to be in the music ministry the next week and the pianist didn't show up and I had to learn 11 pieces in 45 minutes. God provides a lot of grace and Mary Beth would never do that to us. I couldn't get over how casually dressed everybody was and even though it was 1992 I had never seen women serve at mass before. Foreign students, when they come to the United States, are shocked to see some things that we do at Mass. We have a a lot of exchange students from Brazil who join us for Mass, and they're always shocked to see that we stand in line when we go to communion. In most parts of the world, you do not form lines. You just come up willy-nilly to receive communion. I'm told that if we went to Mass in Africa, we would be expected to dance at certain points in the Mass. And I'm told that if we went to church in Asia, many parts, we would be knocked down on the floor by the overwhelmingness of the incense. We realize, for many of you who are new here, that there might be a lot of differences on how we do things from how it was done at your home parish. We would like to believe that those differences are not the essentials of orthopraxis of Roman Catholicism. But if you have questions or concerns, by all means, ask us. Ask me, ask Father Don. We would be glad to talk about it with you. Now, as many of you know, one of the most important events of the life of the Church was Vatican II, the ecumenical council that happened in the 1960s. There were many things that came out of that. One of them was a document called Unitatis Redintegratio. I keep not quite getting it pronounced right. Maybe I have it written wrong. Maybe that's my problem. But that document was the decree that launched the Catholic Church into the middle of the ecumenical movement, the movement for working towards Christian unity. Actually, that document was written in part by Tom Stransky, a Paulist father of my community who is still alive and kicking. The divisions among Christ's believers, the divisions among all Christians, are absolutely scandalous. We all have an obligation to work towards Christian unity, just as all of us in the Catholic Church have a responsibility to work towards greater unity within the Catholic Church itself. But once again, what is necessary for unity And what are the mere differences, the local differences of tradition? It can be challenging to distinguish. Here is what Unitatis Retangratio says about this, and I quote, All in the church must preserve unity in essentials. But let all, according to the gifts they have received, enjoy a proper freedom, in their various forms of spiritual life and discipline, in their different liturgical rites, and even in their theological elaborations of revealed truth. In all things, let charity prevail. Now, it's a great quote, but it's really hard to memorize. We have a couple of professional actors here in the front row, but the rest of us would struggle with that. But the great thing is, for the last 50 years, the great ecumenists of the world have come up with a really succinct phrase to remember all this. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Because when it comes right down to it, the key to the life of faith is not right belief or right practice. It's about right relationship with God. Our relationship with God will show in the way we treat our brothers and sisters. It will show in the way we treat not only our family members, but also the widows and orphans. Not only our neighbors, but also the strangers and aliens. It matters in how we treat people, no matter what religion they attest to. How we treat each other reflects if we are in right relationship with God.